Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello? Derek, hey man, it's Luke. Hey. Hey man, I just wanted to give you a heads up because you mentioned a while back, if I'm not mistaken, that you were a big Garth Brooks fan. And I didn't know if you knew that 30 years ago this week, Garth Brooks's The Dance was the number one song on the Hot Country chart. I am a big Garth Brooks fan and I did not know that. Yeah, man, this is it. The next three weeks, we get into the era of Garth Brooks. And I think it's kind of interesting that like he came in and replaced on the charts George Strait, which I think is sort of what happened. It was sort of this ushering out of old country into Garth Brooks and like pop rock country music. Yeah, it really was like the 80s were a lot of like you were saying, like there was George Strait and like Randy Travis, and it mm-hmm. was a, a neo-traditional movement and through a lot of the 80s, even leading up to like Alan Jackson coming out in like 89, I believe it was. So that was still going on then. But then, you know, Garth Brooks starts coming in and kind of changes things into like almost like a Kiss stage show that, yeah. that ends up happening. You arena know? country. Yeah, the arena country and the pyrotechnics and all this stuff going on for the shows. Well, we'll talk about him more in a few weeks. If you want to come back on the show, we'd love to have you and we can really do a deep dive on Garth Brooks. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Thanks so much. Thanks. I'll see ya. From Mill U Media Group, this is 35. A weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 2, Episode 28, Deny Hard to Deny Harder. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, July 14, 1990. Hello to my very favorite podcast listeners on the planet. You're back and I couldn't be happier about it. Hopefully you're all safe and sound and appropriately isolated, proportionate to your tolerance for COVID-19 and or people who refuse to show basic common courtesy by wearing a mask in public and washing their hands, of which there seem to be plenty at my local grocery stores, which are about the only places I visit these days. We had an extraordinarily pandemic-friendly SNL-themed 30 Pop Trivia Night entirely online this past week, and I want to offer huge congrats to our winners for the evening. Our third place team with 1,653 points and 25 correct answers out of 40 questions was Turd Ferguson's Hat. In second place with 24 out of 40 correct answers and 1,828 points, the always impressive former Durrett Dynasty ringer, Superfreak. And in first place with one of the most impressive showings we've ever seen at 30 Pop Trivia Night, With 33 out of 40 questions and a remarkable 2,656 points, relative newcomer Brian Fellows' Safari Planet. A couple other things that feel worth mentioning. First, our last place team for the night with an honestly pretty impressive score of 74 points was Pop's team, made up of my parents. The only competitors in our SNL trivia who've been alive for every single episode of the series. 
But honestly, I love that they played along anyway, and I'm positive they'll excel at our next trivia night on July 22nd. The other thing that bears mentioning, in case you weren't aware, the new system we're using for Trivia Night allows us to keep a running score across all our trivia games. So the impressive Super Freak, who came in second place last week, is actually leading the way in our multi-game competition. With a current score of 4,526 points and 51 of 90 questions answered correctly. Way to go, Super Freak. If you think you have more retro pop culture knowledge than she does, by all means get in this competition. Our next trivia night, as I mentioned, will be on July 22nd at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, and our theme is one about which I literally couldn't be more excited. Christmas in July. Once again, this will happen entirely on Zoom and at 30poptrivia.com until House of Blues Houston is able to reopen their doors. You've got a little over a week left to prep, so make sure you register now and that you're re-watching all the 80s and early 90s Christmas classics. Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, Scrooged, Gremlins, and obviously Die Hard. And treating yourself to all the retro Christmas music you can find between now and then. And speaking of Die Hard... Last week, we introduced the first half of a two-week special edition of our brand new segment, Decisions, Decisions, looking back at the first sequel in that collection, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, and answering the question, is Die Hard 2 a Christmas movie? For the last week, you've been voting at the Decisions, Decisions link in the show notes, and while still another week of voting remains before we inevitably declare the undeniable truth once and for all, as it stands right now, we're looking at a landslide. Currently, 83% of you have answered the question with, yes, obviously, don't be ridiculous. And a most unimpressive 17% have answered, inexplicably, bah humbug. But as I am a lifelong believer in fair play and level playing fields, never one to tip the scales in favor of my own personal hardly mentioned biases, I wanted to provide space for one confused Christmas deny hard to make her case for how this film could possibly be interpreted as anything other than what it clearly is. That person is former Trivia Night champion, 30 pop regular, and perhaps the closest thing I have to a kid's sister. The one and only Haley Durrett. Here's our conversation. Haley Durrett, welcome back to 30 Pop. So good to have you on today. So good to be here. I'm excited. I'm glad you're healthy. So you spent the last couple of weeks like in real, like legit quarantine, yeah? Yeah, we had some firsthand exposure in our family that we did not know about for several days after the exposure. So I've been hunkering down, but I'm in the clear right now, but still hunkering. You missed our first trivia night back because of it. Uh, and I'm bummed, but I still am proud of myself for how I performed in the second trivia night. Really? That's virtual. interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's crazy that you're proud of that, but that's fine. It's good. I mean, let's... You, Was it fourth place, right? I mean, I mean fourth place, yeah. But okay. also considering that it was trivia about SNL where you specifically said focus on the first 15 years of the show, mm -hmm. which were all before I was born. You're still not quite 30, right? Correct. I am not. Okay, so that is vital to the conversation that we're about to have about a film that released well before you were born. I mean, lots of films released well before I was born that I have strong opinions on. Right. That's great. I'm just saying we factor that into how much weight we give your opinion. So we're talking well, about Die Hard 2. Now, I, let me 
You and I are probably going to debate a little bit here, but I want to make sure that we have certain rules established. Okay. We're not debating whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That is objectively true. We've already proven it in the past on the show. We are talking about Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Correct. That is what we are talking about. I just want to make sure that we both understand we are not going to get into a debate here about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. We both accept objectively it is a Christmas movie. One of the best Christmas movies, in fact. So since we've established that, thank you for agreeing. Make your case. How can you possibly think that Die Hard 2 is not a Christmas movie? I have some points, but you said you've got some notes. For, actually, you know what? You, you rewatched the movie last night, right? Yeah. I was with my dad, and we were just eating dinner. And I was like, hey. Wait, wait, wait. Your dad, who was alive in 1990, right? Correct. Okay. Just making sure. He was. It was the year I was born, so mm-hmm. I certainly hope he was alive. Yes. He was alive when the movie came out. Go ahead. Yeah. So as I asked him last night, I said, hey, would you be interested in watching Die Hard 2? I think I'm going to rewatch it tonight. Would you want to watch that together? And he was like, yeah, I'd love to rewatch it. But like, that's a Christmas movie, right? Mm. And I go, well, I don't think so. But let's rewatch it and find out because it's one I have seen less often than I've seen the first one. So, Which is objectively a Christmas movie. I, you know, I... We've established the rules that I'm not commenting on that right now. So I'm just choosing to abstain from I'm just making sure that we are having the same conversation. So, okay. So we're talking about the sequel to a Christmas movie that your father, who you love and revere and respect, and who was an adult at the time of its release, also thinks of as a Christmas movie. Go ahead. Sure. He does. So we turned it on and we watched it. And we can all agree that it's a great film. Of course. That's not up for debate. No. But- I think the first most obvious point about this is that by and large, a majority of Christmas movies are released during the Christmas season. Okay. Like in theaters. Okay. I'll, and marketed I'll, as Christmas film. Like I'll that is see that. part of the thing. Die Hard wasn't, and we know it's a Christmas movie. So, but go ahead, continue. And also keeping in mind that I would have been alive for Christmas in 1990. Mm-hmm. And that if it were released, then that might have changed what my opinion would you is. have been of age to view it already? Well, that actually gets into my next point, which is I have some feelings about having a movie that's rated R with that much language in it mm-hmm. being a Christmas film. Even while its predecessor, Die Hard, was also rated R with that much language and violence, and we have said objectively is a Christmas movie. Go ahead. So I don't know if we've said that objectively. We have. I can replay the tape for you if you need. We've said it multiple times. I, I keep reminding you. So if we're comparing Die Hard 2 to the original Die Hard, the original Die Hard focuses on a dad who is restoring the relationship he has with his, I can't remember if they're separated or actually divorced wife, and they're talking about custody of their child, coming home for Christmas. That's like the whole Thing is his struggle to get home for Christmas and be there as a family man. So here's what you're establishing right now is that you are not terribly familiar with the Die Hard movies. No, I am. John McClane and his wife, Holly, are living separately because she has taken a job on the West Coast. He's coming to right. visit for the holidays. It's not about... But there's tension. Yeah, there's there is like tension. I'll give you reconciliation that. Reconciliation that needs to happen there. Christmas is a wonderful time for that. Right. And so like the themes of Die Hard 1 focus on like a family reuniting, mm-hmm. humming together, overlooking past issues that they've had and like really joining 
and being strong again. For Christmas. At Christmas time. So like I'll even concede that element of this. Well, I mean, that's not really debatable. I mean, it's a concession on my end. Die Hard 2 happens to, at the beginning, say a little something about on their airphone, which love that, love the airphone, wish those were still around. Hey, let's hang out for Christmas, send the kids to grandpa and grandma. And that's like, until the very end, that's the only mention of Christmas. You are mistaken. You you did not watch the movie then. I did. Okay. I'm going to share with you six quotes from the film. Okay. Just once, I'd like a regular, normal Christmas. Eggnog, uh, Christmas tree, a little turkey, but no. I got to crawl around in this mother tin can. That's one okay. of the references. Carmine Lorenzo. Hey, McLean, you get this parking ticket in front of my airport? Now, this is what you're referencing at the end. John McLean. Yeah. Carmine Lorenzo. Tears up ticket. Ah, what the hell? It's Christmas. Okay. Right. That's it. Uh, that's it? Okay. I mean, you know, keep going. I'm going to keep going. Painter, busting our ass Christmas week like they're going to land some extra planes if we finish on time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Holly McLean, John, why does this always happen to us on Christmas Eve? I continue. Trudeau, murder on television, hell of a start to Christmas week. Should I keep going? I mean, so here's my point with that Mm -hmm. is that... It, you could have subbed that out for any other holiday and it wouldn't make it that hot. Like it could have just as easily been things. It would have been odd to do that considering all of the Christmas decorations that are shown in the movie, considering the fact that the main song from the soundtrack is let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Similar to the first movie. Right. But there's not like a Christmas like scene. You don't see them gathering around the Christmas tree at the end. Like, it's just walking out of an airport. Where does that standard come from in your mind for a Christmas movie? Well, so it sounds like what you and I need to do then is before we like even go further with this debate is establish the definition of a Christmas movie. Oh, that is not for us to do. Okay, well then do we have a working definition of a Christmas movie and whether or not this stacks up against that or not? Movies that are about Christmas like sure. this one. And I don't think this is about Christmas. I think that the background setting happens to be Christmas, but it could have just as easily been any other holiday and that wouldn't have changed but it wasn't. the theme it of was, the movie. It was Christmas. And people watch it at Christmas time, especially. Your argument about it not releasing at Christmas time, interestingly, a movie that releases in July like this one did, and, and I believe the first one also released in July, are perfectly set to release on video at Christmas time. In those days. So VHS, it would have been just perfect timing for Christmas. I days. will say that is something I did not factor into my consideration. Because so you weren't old I enough will. to have to think about. Have you ever owned a VHS tape? Yes, I've owned a VHS tape. Yeah, but I feel like you are distracting from the debate at hand. So if you have any valid points, I'm ready to hear them. There's Okay, so my valid points. One, Christmas is not a plot device in this movie. It just happens to be the setting. Mm, no, disagree. Well, that is position one. Two, there's too much language and violence for it to be no such thing. A Christmas movie. I think there has to be an element of like family viewership for it to be. Let a me legitimate ask you this. You and I are a part of the same faith community. That's true. Okay. Our priest mm-hmm. in our congregation, would you describe him as free of foul language? <laughs> no, but I also. Okay. Think no, 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 no. I just just yes or no. It's just yes or no. It's just yes or no. Would you say that he celebrates Christmas well? I, Go ahead. What was your third point you were getting to? Okay. Since the well, first two didn't I, really count. Again, too much cursing, 
I don't want to see anyone get shot in a Christmas movie. I don't want to. You and not so- wanting that. <laughs> that is entirely subjective. There are those of us who love to watch people get shot at Christmas. I'm just saying that does not make something objectively true. There's no Christmas scene. There's no like celebration of Christmas scene in this hmm. film. And that in your mind is requisite for something to be a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Christmas movies that I do consider Christmas movies. Miracle on 34th Street. It's a Wonderful Life. Elf. The Santa Claus. They all have a Christmas Christmas vacation. Home Alone. They all have Christmas scenes. Let me ask you this. Okay. Can you think of a single movie that you describe as a Christmas movie mm-hmm. in which its sequel is not a Christmas movie. Have you ever seen that happen? So I'm trying to think. The ones that have sequels of those would only, the one I can only immediately think of is Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Um, vacation, there is Christmas Vacation, and then there's all the other vacations that are not that, Christmas That vacation. doesn't count because those aren't sequels to Christmas Vacation. They are sequels to Vacation. Vacation. Okay. Home Alone 2 is the only one that has a sequel that I know of. Okay. In that. Like, Miracle on 34th has a remake. Oh, the Santa Claus has sequels, but they're about Santa. Are they Christmas movies? Well, because their central character is Santa and they That's are not about the question. Christmas That's not the question. I'm trying to find a single example in the history of filmmaking where there has been a Christmas movie whose sequel was not a Christmas movie. I think, again... The only reason that people even consider this a Christmas movie is because it happens to be set around Christmas time. Let me ask you this. Why is this so important to you? Why does it matter to you so much for it to not be a Christmas movie? If you have a film like this that brings Christmas joy and Christmas feelings to people like myself, what is it about that that you need to take this from me and people like me? I don't appreciate how you've turned this into like a personal attack. Christmas loving people. I mean, you made it personal when you said you don't want to see people get killed. You don't want to hear certain words at Christmas time. Maybe that's why they released yep. it in July, so that you could enjoy a little Christmas in July, as we are going to do in a couple of weeks for trivia night. I'm ready for that. Without having to see people killed at Christmas time. You know, I don't want to take it away from you. That's not a thing I want to do. I want to give you the liberty. To just acknowledge this is a film that you love, no matter what genre it's in. That's true. I would love this film no matter what genre it was in. I just have space in my heart for there to be such thing as Christmas action movies. Are there Christmas rom-coms? Okay. So I are, no, see no, no, where no, you're no, 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 don't, don't jump in. Okay. Are there Christmas kids movies? Yes. Are there Christmas movies that are not rom-coms? Yes. Okay. Are there Christmas action movies that you will accept as Christmas movies? I can't think of any, but I'm sure that there have mm. been some. Jack mm. Frost, maybe. I don't know. I'm, that's a bad example. But that strikes you as an action movie? <laughs> I don't know. But, so, okay, When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally. It, we've talked about this before. It has Christmas scenes, it has New Year's scenes, but it also has other scenes. And I don't consider it a Christmas film. Doesn't mean I love it any less. When you watch Die Hard or Die Hard 2, do you see any holidays outside of Christmas? No, but I I feel like we're just, we're not. I feel like you are seeing the light and you refuse to acknowledge it. That's what I feel like is happening. Christmas movies should evoke this like sense of like, family and feel good and what did you say the first movie was about again 
The first one is about family. Die Hard 1 is about family. Okay. But like this like feel good, warm, fuzzy, I want to drink hot cocoa and wrap myself in a wool blanket and celebrate the holidays and give and do all these things. And Die Hard 2 does that for me. Doesn't really, it makes me want to go fight a bad guy, which is a great feeling too, but it's not a feeling I feel at Christmas. Okay. So let's just, I, I, we don't have to drag this out too long because what we're running into is the fact that you, you do in your heart acknowledge, I think that this is a Christmas movie as was its predecessor, objectively so. And you are just not ready to say that for the public to hear. And I mean, that's sad. That makes me sad for you, but I will respect it and allow you to continue in the delusional state in which you currently exist. Delusional. But here's what I'll say. If you want to participate in 30 Pop Trivia Night in eight days, which is themed Christmas in July, you might want to brush up a little bit on Die Hard because it is a Christmas movie that we will be talking about in our I am happy to brush up on a film that was released in July that happens to be set in and around Christmas. A Christmas film that was released in July that happens to be set at Christmas time. You know what? I'm fine with saying, and this would have been the answer to your question earlier, by the way, is that the Christmas movie that has sequels that are not Christmas movies is Die Hard. It's just not Die Hard 2. Every Die Hard after Die Hard 2, I don't care about calling that a Christmas movie. They're not Christmas movies. Okay. They are sequels to Christmas movies, but Die Hard 2, objectively, is a Christmas movie, even if you can't say it today. It's fine. We're good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're good. I mean, I'm... I'm I feel great. You can see that we are at an impasse. Oh, it doesn't feel like an impasse. I feel like you are at an impasse personally. Like I said, you're really, really struggling to admit what you have come to realize is true. And that's fine. It's people, you know, you weren't alive. So we're also factoring that in. So (laughs) you get to do this in your own time. And and I, as your friend, will be patient with you as you acknowledge what is objectively true. Okay. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you. This is it. This was fruitful for. I just hope you feel heard. I, I've heard you. I do feel heard. I don't know if I can say much more than that, other than there's also a lot of like, no, yeah. I just I feel, I feel like I was given a place to express my feelings. Yes. Thank you for agreeing with me. And I, on the record, do not agree. I could edit that down. Okay. <laughs> Trivia night next week, Christmas in July. I hope you'll join. I'll be there. Always fun. I'll have you back on sometime and I'll just let you do all the talking and I'll agree with everything you say. Perfect. Can't wait. (laughs) Bye. Big thanks to Haley for her willingness to guest on this episode and endure my admittedly kind of bratty sarcasm, even after last week's trivia performance for which I gave her a very hard time. I do believe with my whole sincere heart that she's wrong about Die Hard 2, Die Harder. But I'm only one person. It's not entirely mine to decide. So be sure to click on the Decisions Decisions link in the show notes to cast your vote. If you have a really strong opinion for why this movie is or isn't a Christmas film, then don't stop at voting. Go to 30pop.com and click on the Answering Machine link to let us hear your thoughts. They just might end up turning into a bonus episode of 30 Pop. All right, let's keep moving. Die Hard 2 was the number one film in the country for the second week in a row this week in 1990, but it did have some competition. 
there were at least three new theatrical releases, although admittedly only one of them really had a chance. What's the matter? Seems like uh, whenever anything good in my life happens, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose it. Ghost, starring late, great Houston native Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and Whoopi Goldberg. I remember this movie coming out like it was yesterday. It was a huge hit, and we're going to do a deep dive on it in just a couple weeks. The other new releases this week in 1990 were Bill Murray, Gina Davis, and Randy Quaid's heist comedy Quick Change, which looks awful, and Andrew Dice Clay's Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which I've never seen. In music news, the top album remained Please Hammer Don't Hurt Em by MC Hammer. The top single in the country was once again Step by Step by New Kids on the Block. The number one rap song on the charts was still The Power by Snap. And the top country song was, as I mentioned in the opening call, Garth Brooks' The Dance. The new number one single on the Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop chart, though, was Johnny Gill's song My My My, the music video for which contains almost no shirts on anyone and even fewer smiles than sax solos. So definitely check that out in the show notes as well. Finally, in television this week in 1990, we saw the end of one fantastic series and the premiere of another. On July 8th, 1990, after 117 episodes spread across six glorious seasons, the ABC sitcom Mr. Belvedere, starring the late Christopher Hewitt as its title character, aired its final episode. I really, really loved that show. And while I don't remember its finale, I'm sure I was very bummed about it. I do, however, remember a few nights later, on November 12th, 1990, watching the series premiere of the CBS comedy drama Northern Exposure, in which a neurotic young New York City physician is sent to a small town in rural Alaska to work as a general practitioner among its very quirky residents as a way of repaying his medical school debt. I don't know that this show ever had any major rating success, but I do remember watching it often with my mom and loving it. Friends, that's all I've got for you this week. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review 30 Pop on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and anywhere else you like. And be sure to register now for next week's 30 Pop Trivia Night, Christmas in July. I'll be back next week with a look back at the very first film released by the Walt Disney Studios Hollywood Pictures. I do hope you'll join me again. Until then, hey, well, as far as I'm concerned, progress peaked with frozen pizza. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>